0: Praise God. He is is faithful. He is good. Well, today is Father's Day. Um, I want to read a few scriptures uh, as we get into this. Psalm 127, verse 3. Psalm 127, verse 3. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. It says children are a heritage from the Lord. Verse 4, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Notice that, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. A warrior. What does a, uh, a warrior do with arrows? He is going to shoot them where he needs them to go. Um, he said, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so, so are the children of one's youth. So children, we are as fathers, and the father is the head of the home. Ultimately responsible uh, for, the, for the raising of the children, and, and you, know, the, the, the husband and wife work together, they're a team. That's not a popular sentiment in the Earth today. Have you noticed? You talk about the role of a husband, the role of a wife, the role of a man, the role of a woman. People will get in your face and, and, and yell at you now about that. The blurring of the gender line is, is a very evil thing. And it diminishes both roles. And talk about being a strong father. Well, that's just, that's archaic in people's thinking. Well, that's, that's just old school. We don't believe anymore. Well, the Bible still reads the same. So we need to believe the Bible. The, the Word of God will work in 2019. Just like it always has, because it's God's word when it came out, when it was written down, it was right and it will not change. Just because men get you know, crazy ideas and they're, they're not new, these things have been around, they're just coming to the surface again. And pushing and people are pushing to have, they believe, have the right to walk in ungodliness and stand up for nonsense that is ultimately going to hurt people. It's not going to help anybody. It's, go, it's hurting individuals, hurting children. Children need to look up. And, and ultimately, yes, there are people that have had different situations and, um, and, and in a different family situations, and God is faithful in everyone. But that does not change the fact that the God's model is a mother and a father in the family. You know, we've gotten so politically correct that you can't, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so you can't say what uh, the, you know, to use the word ideal or the model should be. That is completely politically incorrect. People will fight you and get very mad if you say, well, that just makes people feel bad. You know what? People are going to feel bad if they're believing lies. (laughs) Are you guys listening to me? You're going to feel bad if you end up believing a lie and going and hurting everybody around you. That's going to feel bad. It it feels bad when you end up in prison. The truth may sting some people, but the ultimate outcome is going to be good if it's God's Word. God's Word is true. And so we are celebrating fathers. I mean, I'm, you know... There's a whole lot of people, I believe, that would probably want Father's Day just wiped off the map. And Mother's Day, let's just have day, you know, parent, because, you know, it doesn't matter. It's whatever you think. We're not going to celebrate fathers. Fathers need to be celebrated. You know, we had Mother's Day, Father's Day, we're focusing on fathers today. We need to celebrate fathers, because fathers... Fatherhood and fathers are under attack. Big time in our society. A strong father and, and, and man in the family, that is made fun of. Have you seen, you know, I don't recommend seeing a lot of the garbage that are called, you know, movies and, and nonsense. But have you seen the pervasive sentiment in our society, how people, men are made fun of? They're, you know, they're 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 made to look incompetent, and why? Because if 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 people start buying into that, they're not going to respect that role, and if they don't respect that role, it's going to diminish its effectiveness in society. Which, if if it's a, a crucial role in the, the life of a family and children, if it in in the the role the life of a child, and then the family. If it's diminished, if it's despised, then the family's not going to be strong. the children aren't going to be strong, and then society decays, which is what you see but we if we believe the word, there is nothing wrong with celebrating fathers. there's nothing wrong with talking about what the what some some biblical ideas about the man in the house. see that just even saying that phrase is totally just. Not even popular now. Amen. It's true. So we're going to fly in the face of all that. We're just going to read the Bible. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. Well, you could go off on that because some people don't believe you you need to have too many kids and all that. This is men's ideas. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak their enemies in the gate. Notice, happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. He's talking about the, 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 the man, the father, guiding his children like a warrior would an arrow. Very specific. Helping them to hit the target. Helping them to hit the mark. Helping them to walk in the plan of God and encouraging them and helping them, guiding them. And that takes courage. That takes strength. Let me read a couple of scriptures here. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We need as a father, you need to be strong and you need to be courageous and you need to be the man that God has created you to be. And we're going to get into some things. Uh, just I believe and that my prayer is that it would be an encouragement to you because, guys, in this earth, men and fathers in particular, they have they're they they are they can be beat up. The world, by, by being the father and having the responsibility of leading the home, there is already enough pressure. There is an al- already enough um, thoughts coming your way about are you doing a good job? Did you do that right? Did you say that right to your kid? And then on top of that, that's just the role in general. Now you have a society that is constantly targeting the role of the father and trying to make it Basically, like another mother. The role of a strong man and, and uh, the role of a father has been despised and pushed. And you've been told that you need to be basically like a woman. And what we need to understand is that men and women are different. <laughs> Which totally flies in the face of a lot of current ideas. But it is the truth and God made us different. The way we're going to be strong as a family and strong as fathers is to realize there's a difference and don't shy away from the way God has made you embrace it because God God uses both the mother and the father in different ways to help a child. Get where they need to get. There's a balance there. Too much of one or the other can... Can you know it can uh, be not as is good for the child, but the, the the balance that a man and a woman bring, the mother and the father, helps to, to bring the kid, the, the child uh, stability and help in life. Notice it says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 24, verse 15. It says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is Joshua speaking. He said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Now he's talking to the heads of households. And he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now we're, gonna, we're going somewhere. We're going to get into to a few things. But guys, it is up to us as men to set the direction for our household. Now, like I said, we're going to touch on a few things. And let me just say this as a preview. That some some people, even when they hear that, it's so easy for a man to get in the, to get an idea of what that means and to put this just huge, because it is responsibility, but huge pressure on themselves and basically to hyper-spiritualize it, to get to where they think, well... Oh, i got to be the godly leader of the household. Yes, but what does that mean? And they, they can get all these ideas of what it means and basically come to the conclusion, I'm not qualified and give up. Because it, it's, you got enough pressure as it is, and then to think, i got to be this spiritual giant, and i got to do all these things, and they try, and they, they get the, all this stuff from society and basically just say, I can't do it like that. I'm not like that. And then to be told you got to do it, basically more feminine. And they're saying, how do I do that? Because there has been this over, you know, over decades, even in the church, that men are supposed to be kind of eh, more, more like women. And they call it spiritual. Nice. And I mean, yes, you want to be nice, but really touchy feely and, and just really in touch with, your emotions and all these things that I'm not saying all that is completely wrong, but guys will look at it and go, how am I supposed to be like, so that's what it means to be a Christian? i got to be like that? I don't even know how to do that. And they already feel enough pressure and then they throw up their hands and go, whatever. And then they, they'll, they'll push away from what they think is God, but it's not God. It's men's ideas again. If somebody got the idea of what they think it should look like? We need to let the Bible be our guide, but sometimes it's people's opinion of what the Bible says, not the actual Bible. Does Joshua sound like he's really mealy-mouthed in all these things he's saying? Be strong, be courageous, for God is with you. He, just, he, got, he said that a number of times in, the, in those passages and this at the end he's basically saying he's caught, he's throwing down the gauntlet saying you guys choose this day who you're going to serve who's going to be the god of your household you choose and you set the direction it takes a strong man to do that but guys if you'll do that for your children stand up you believe you you set the direction that in this household we're following god now you they know you're not perfect You know you're not perfect. Your wife surely knows you're not perfect. But you going in that direction and saying, we're going to do this and go, that is pleasing to God and that's what we're supposed to do is set the direction. You may stumble, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but you may stumble, you may fall, but you get up and you keep marching on. That is the godly direction. That is what we need to do. Our children and our family need to see us going after God. Making him number one, making him important in our lives. He said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father, the, your father excuse me, what your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whom, whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, we all have the choice. What are we going to serve? And you say, well, we don't, you know, they had all these other gods and, you know, these religions, I serve God, but there's no, uh, you know, there's, we don't have idols in our, our lives and everything. Today, it would look like, what are we going to say is important in our children's lives and in our families' lives? What direction? When the Father, it's going to come from the Father, what do we emphasize in our families? What, what do we prioritize and put our time on and, and, and give respect to? Go ahead and look at Ephesians 5.25. Ephesians 5.25. It says, Husbands, love your wives. Now we're going to read this. This is talking about the the, uh, husband-wife relationship. And then it touches on relationship with with the children in chapter 6. We'll get to that in a moment. But when I'm reading this part, we need to understand that the relationship a man has with his wife completely affects the relationship with the kids and how the kids operate. So this isn't, you know, we're not going to go into focusing on marriage a ton, but what we need to understand is how the, the, the um, husband and wife interact has a whole lot to do with how the parenting is how the father interacts with his wife has a ton to do with how those children perceive uh, the father and how the children come up because you can't really be a great father not treating your wife well and it does have a big effect but i wanted we're going somewhere here so stick with me Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. So this is likening the relationship of the husband and the wife with Jesus and the church and how he acts with the church that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and that let the wife see that she respects her husband. So now we could make a whole laundry list of what it means to be a good dad. And you know what? I'll just tell you personally, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not not putting anything down. But I will tell you personally, guys, as a dad, and you may relate, I don't know, when you see one of these lists that tells you all the things that you're supposed to be doing, my first reaction is, oh no, I mean, just, I got it. there's more stuff that I'm supposed to be doing. And I think as guys, like I said, we have enough pressure pushing through, doing what, what, uh, you know, providing for the family, uh, doing our best. To, to be a good dad, a good husband, and now you you, know, yeah, you got 15 things that if I do these things with my kids, you know, I, I'll be a good dad. Uh, sometimes I wonder, who writes these lists? Do they actually live in the real world, or is this like, you know, you're saying this is the way you... Sometimes, you know, people write books after they're through that stage of life. Like, you know, this is how I would raise my kids if I knew what I knew then, but, you no, know, that's not how you actually did it, because when you were in it, You actually had all the pressures that were going on and then you write a book after they're grown saying how you would have done it if you were there but you're not there anymore and if you went back, would you do what your book says? I don't know. My point is the real world boots on the ground is a little different sometimes than what we see all these nice lists are. Now I'm not knocking lists. I'm just saying we don't need to overcomplicate it. Sometimes these things have a tendency to make us go, forget it. I got to do that. That's what a a good dad is. Forget it. And we got to be careful that we don't take somebody else's idea of what we're supposed to be as a father, that their interpretation of what God was telling them or what they think they should and take it as what God is telling us. We need to understand what the word says and we need to act on that and understand guys that the heart of God and your heart toward Him is what's key. Your, God's heart towards you is He is for you. He loves you. He sees what you're doing. He 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 wants the best for you. And He is fighting with you. He is not up there going, Well, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And well, you know, you should have taken your kid here. And a really good daddy would have done this and that. And you know, sometimes you can go, God. Are some of these things written by women? I don't know. (laughs) Because I'm looking at some things going, really, that's what that good daddy does that. And I'm not knocking certain things, but sometimes I think it starts to push people a different way to people. People associate, men associate then these ideas with a Christian father when really there's somebody's idea of a Christian father. Does that make sense? And basically that you can't make a mistake. <laughs> you got to do this, this, and this. And if you mess up, well, you know, you're just not in the good father's club. You should have spent more time here and there. And every dad already has got that beating on his head. You don't have to raise your hand, but guys, you know it's true. You, you already have enough pushing against you that will tell you you're, you're not doing it. Have you guys ever heard that song, Cats in a Cradle? Oh my gosh, that's like, you know, if you ever hear that song, you know, I would, I would tell my kids, I'm like, oh, that that's just like taking a sledgehammer and beating you over the head. You ever heard it? I'm not going to sing it for you. It's not like, I don't, I don't recommend it as something to live your life by. But it's like, you basically, you didn't spend enough time with your kid, and then they grew up, and then they're like you, and it's like, oh my gosh, I got it, you know, you have enough already just, Living life and going through and doing what you need to do. I don't need some guy telling, well, you know, and the, that time's gone and you can't get, get it back. And... No, we need to understand we're living in life. We, we need to trust God and do what we know to do. But, hey, let's, let's be real with the challenges that we face and not put a, a, a something so high that, good night, nobody's going to be able to attain it. And then every time you mess up, you got these, these things beating on your head. Oh, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. You stink as a father. Well, I'm already pushing against this stuff. We need to be able to go freely and understand God is not there nitpicking. God has put things in a father and being strong and being able to just, you follow God, but, but and do. Um, What you know to do, but know that God is merciful and he's helping you every step of the way. And he's not stepping back on, well, you're not at point B. I mean, you're not here yet. You're not here yet. You're not here yet. Why don't you get here yet? Does anybody like to be around somebody that's constantly telling you how you don't measure up? Anybody want to raise your hand and say, I love it. I love it when somebody just nitpicks me and tells me, yet again, I'm not doing it right. Anybody like that? You really, you love when somebody just puts you like... See, that's the way most people, a lot of people, I should say, believe and interact with God. They they believe. And guys, I'm talking to fathers. If you listen to that kind of stuff, you'll think you're always doing something wrong as a dad. Well, that doesn't make you want to be around God. If you think God is always going, well, you didn't do that. You, You should have done this with your children. Well, you didn't read that Bible verse. Well, you know. I'm not knocking any of that, but let's not beat ourselves up where we're at, you're not going to go anywhere if you think the the goal is so far out of reach. You you need to understand what the next steps are and keep pressing forward. Here it says, it's talking about husbands loving your wives and, and love is basically the New Testament command. So, as a father... Won't give you 15 things. If you love your wife, you are well on your way to being a good dad. Amen. Didn't get any amens. That's all right. If you will just treat that woman with respect, notice it says, treat her, you know, it says uh, verse 29, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. That's basically saying nobody ever was, you know, you're walking around in your body going, oh, I don't care, I'll knock my head around, hands, whatever, I don't, I don't care about my body. No, most people are going to say, no, that hurts, I'm not going to do it again. And you treat your body nice because it's your body. You don't want it hurt? Well, the Bible is just saying, treat her, you know, better than you. If you would do it, if you don't want to get out of bed, uh to do something with the kids? Well, she probably doesn't either because she went to bed maybe later than you did. So if you don't, your body certainly. yeah, but I'm too tired. Yeah, and she's probably too tired. So if you would say, I want to stay in bed. Well, she probably wants to stay in bed. So one thing you could just do is, honey, stay there, I'll go get it. I don't want, I mean, I'm tired. I I, I had a long day at work. I don't want to clean up the dishes. Well, She's the one that made the meal, maybe. Maybe you did, but. I don't feel like cleaning the dishes. You think she feels like cleaning the dishes? What does your body want to do? I want to go to to my chair and turn on the TV. Well, what do you think her body wants to do? She may just want to go straight to bed. I don't know, but she probably, maybe she doesn't want to do that either. One step is just, man, if I, one check is just say this. How am I feeling about this situation? What does my you know, if I were taking care of myself, what would it be? And then just look at her and go, well, maybe I can do that for her. And you are well on your way to setting an example, to having a good relationship with your wife. And then that creates security. And already just doing that doesn't have to be 50 things. That's not to make a list. Just taking steps that, hey, I ask myself before I go and automatically sit on the couch doing something. I say, hey, is there anything I could do to help? Bam! You already went up like 15 notches. You don't have to do it perfect, but you try and and do it. And if you miss it, just go and I'm sorry, that was stupid. I shouldn't have said it. That goes a long way, too. Do you have to do it perfect? No. I mean, we could go, we could spend the next three days on those verses. But my point is here: what is love? Well, we have a definition in 1 Corinthians 13. We're not going to read it like, like now. Basically, it's treating the other person like you would want to be treated or better. Didn't Jesus say, do unto others as you would want done unto you? See, if you are loving the other person, looking out for their good, that's, that's what you do. And then if you're doing it with your children, it's pretty, that's simple. Now, you don't have to make it legalistic, it's just uh, just taking steps toward that. Ephesians 6 verse 1, or verse 2. And let me just insert this in there, I, you know, before we go on. Notice we didn't touch on anything about the wife. Before Ephesians 5.25, it's talking about what the wife... Uh, his responsibilities are toward the husband and then right at the end of the 33 it, it touches on that if you can put up uh, 533 real quick nevertheless let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband you just need to cut off that last pers- part guys and just focus on the first part if you'll just just say what is my job i'm gonna love her And just ignore the last part. Well, she's not respecting me. That's not your job. Forget that. You just love her anyway. And let me tell you, let me insert this. Guys, fathers, as the head of the house, if you are going to walk in that responsibility, because it is according to the word of God, you are the head of the the home. But if you're going to walk in that responsibility or authority, I should say, then you need to take responsibility that you're the leader And there is responsibility that comes with that. In other words, you don't get to boss people around, say I'm the head of the home, but not take the responsibility and all the weight that that entails for the responsibility of how the kids are dealt with and all that. And I'm not doing this to heap any coals on you, but um, in this instance, just because your wife is not doing what you think she should do doesn't make it so that you can just abdicate your responsibility and say, well, I'm waiting for her. No, if you're the leader, you ought to go first. Did I lose anybody? (laughs) If you're the leader, then regardless of what she's doing, you're going to step up and you're going to say, well, I'm going to do this. You say that's hard. Yep. But that's an easy step. If we'll just say, I'm going to treat her the way the Bible says, regardless if she's not doing her part, I guarantee you guys, the rest of it will change. Ephesians 6, verse 2. Ephesians 6, verse 2. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now, a, couple, a few things here. Verse 2 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2, or I guess that was, is that, that was verse 1. I, I put two twos on my page. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment will, with promise, that it may go well with you and live long on the earth. Now I want to mention a couple things. Verse 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So it is godly and right to have your kids obey you. Now, you'd think you don't have to say that. But in 2019, there are a whole lot of people that think, well, you know, the kid, they gotta, you got to let them spread their wings. I mean, yeah, eventually. But that doesn't include uh, disrespecting you, and that doesn't include not honoring you and not obeying you. It is what we are supposed to do as parents is lead them in the way that they should go. And part of that is discipline and teaching and saying, no, you need to do this. Well, I don't want to do that. No, you're going to do this. And let me throw this in because we're talking to dads. Dads, as we we talk about the... The, 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 the husband, the wife, the mother, and the father. Mothers are going to tend, now, I know I understand this isn't politically correct, but the way a woman's made, they're going to tend to be softer. They're going to tend to be more lenient. They're going to tend to be more gracious and more giving with, with uh, you know, uh, do-overs and all that. A man is going to be more tending to enforce the law. Look, you you messed up. This is what the consequence is. And I told you, you're going to do that. And they would tend to be over here, which is why verse four says, you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Other translations bring out, don't be so hard on them that you would discourage them. That's the warning because why? And it says fathers. It doesn't say to mothers. Because why? Guys would tend to be harder, but that does not negate the fact that guys are built like that for god and way the way the pressure is in society it tends to want to make you go like oh well, i don't want to be too hard on them that yes you don't want to be too hard but enforcing the rules and the law is good for a child and so you being as a man no no they messed up this is the consequence you know that is not bad that is good and as a father, the, the child needs that from a father. The mother, it's a, it's a joint thing. E- either one left to themselves is going to be in balance. The mom would tend to be too lenient and tend to give too much slack and tend to give too many do-overs and that eventually the child doesn't learn to be disciplined and when they grow up, they realize, wait a minute, there are rules in the world, but they've been used to just doing whatever. If it's all the dad, the dad could crush a child. And that's what this is talking about. Verse four is saying, don't beat them over the head with legalism to where they're like, I can't do anything and just wither. That's the warning he gives to a dad so that tendency is there, but it doesn't mean doing that is wrong. It means overdoing it is wrong. Does that make sense? But, but what society is telling you is, oh, no, you've got to be really just, you know, just, oh, you're so, it's okay, it's okay, you can, you can do it again. Get up. Oh, I know, I know, I know you didn't mean to do it. You didn't mean to. I know it's the 58th time, but you didn't mean, go ahead, do it again. No! Some of that is okay. Yeah, you didn't mean get up, go. But the dad at some point has been like, hey, you've had enough, stop it. No, don't do it again. It's supposed to be like this, because you know what? If they get out and think it's always like, eh, they, they're going to run up against problems with the law or problems with other things, and they're going to go like this and realize, oh, there are things that don't give in life. But then they have other problems on their, li- their, on their plate, Right? Where they, what they really needed is a little bit of, yeah, slack, slack. That's enough. In a father, I'm not saying a mother can't bring that. A father would tend to bring that more. That's not a bad thing. You need to be okay with stepping in and being that with your, with your child. And the husband and wife need to work together. But sometimes the mother would tend to be like, ah, uh, you give him another chance. No, he's had enough chances. That's enough. And that's a balance. And sometimes the guy would be like, that's enough, forget it. And she's like, no, no, it's all right. And she's right. How are you going to know? Well, you've got to discuss it and you've got to be led by the Spirit because every child is different every situation is different. My, my point is, don't beat yourself up because you want to be a guy, a man, a father, because that's godly. Too much leniency is going to mess the children up. Too much law is going to mess the child up. We need to be led. But that part, that strength that the man brings is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Now I want to look briefly. <clears throat> and not really look at his fatherhood part but 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 in the context of fatherhood, I just want to look at David briefly. Just as we're wrapping up here. Because guys, if I can get one thing over to you, you don't have to be perfect to be a good dad. You don't have to do it all right to be a godly dad. Because if there's one thing I've seen over the time that you know I've been in Christianity, it's that these, like I've mentioned, but just in emphasizing it here, is that there is this super high standard, and what I would say sometimes Christian-easy standard, of what a guy's supposed to do. And guys will go, How? How do I do that? And if, I, if I'm not doing it that way, there's condemnation and there's guilt, and that just that goes the wrong way. I want, I want you to see that your heart being after God, your heart being, this is the way my household's going to go. I'm going to do what I need to do to, to uh, go in that direction. I may make mistakes. In fact, I will make mistakes, but if I do, I'm going to acknowledge it and get up and go on. God can bless that. God can help you. God can bring you forward. God can help your family and lead you through that anyway, because nobody's perfect. Uh, David. Let's read 1 Samuel 13, verse 13. You know, King David, don't have time to go into a lot, but King David became king of Israel after Saul Saul was this guy that was a you know head and shoulders above every other man looked like a specimen looked like the leader became the leader the king of Israel but he disqualified himself So after he had gone and Uh, made sacrifices he shouldn't have made and he made excuses. The one thing about him is he made excuses for what he did instead of owning up to it. Instead of saying, yeah, that was wrong, I shouldn't have done it. He was blaming, he was making excuses, he was saying, ah, it was because of this, it was because of that. And God said he disqualified himself and that's what what we're reading now, verse 13. Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So he said, the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. Now that was David. David became the king of Israel. Acts 13. um, Now let's go over to 1 Samuel 16. We'll read that next. 1 Samuel 16. So this is when Samuel is then looking for the next king of Israel. And he comes on. Uh, Jesse goes to Jesse the household of Jesse looks through all his sons and he's basically like is this all you have because he's looking at the ones that look like they are more you know bigger physically or whatever and he's thinking oh this one's surely it this one's surely it and he says to Jesse is this everybody because he's come to anoint the king and Jesse says no well you know David's out tending the sheep and so this is where we pick up Samuel said to Jesse send and bring him For we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. Now the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. This is the one what? This is the one after my own heart. This is the one that I've chosen to be the leader. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So, Samuel anoints David the king of Israel. Acts 30, 20 says, After that he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. So they're given some, some history here. Verse 21, And afterward they asked for a king, being Israel. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, God removed Saul. He raised up for them David as king to whom also he gave his testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. So he found David and he said, David was a man after his own heart. And if you read uh, Psalm 78, look at that real quick. Psalm 78, verse 70 says, He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the ewes that had young, he brought brought him to shepherd Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. So this is David. Saul messed up. He removed him. It was a hardness. It was a hardness of heart. David was called a man after God's own heart. Now, we're not going to turn there and and turn and and look into this uh, a lot. But David, the one that became king, the one that's been called a, a man after his own heart, majorly, majorly messed up in his life not just a little bit if you're familiar with the story he is a king he's been put there by god and his men are going out to battle and he gets his eyes he's watching a woman from where he's from his uh where he lives and sees her and decides he wants her he already this is another man's wife and so he has Her brought, he commits adultery, and then he has the man's husband pushed out, gives a command to have that man, to have Hariah, this was Bathsheba, to have her husband put to the front line so that he would be killed. Basically, he murdered the man. Now he repented. And there wasn't, it wasn't without heartache that this happened. But David, even though he messed up so bad. I mean, he, he, adultery, murder. And not just, I mean, he premeditated murder. He had the man killed. Why? So he could be with the, the man's wife, which is just not good. Yet he was called a man after God's own heart. He repented, he got up, he went on, and he was a great king of Israel. Now, is it good that he did those things? No, and it cost him. But God called him and looked on his heart, and he still honored him, and still honored his children after him. And Solomon, his, his son, who was born of Bathsheba, the one that he committed adultery with and it took for his wife and whose husband he killed was Solomon who was the wisest person that had lived and richest. Now Solomon didn't stay the course and got into some stuff and, and brought himself, you know, did some dumb stuff later but God honored what David was the, the, the result of the union with this person that he shouldn't have been with. God still honored it. Because David had a heart after God. Saul made a mistake and said, well, I didn't make a mistake. What are you talking about? It was this person's fault. And they were telling me this. And you weren't here. And he was making excuses. David said, I, I, was, I blew it. I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. He said, I, I was wrong. He said, forgive me. He can't, you know, you don't have to have a real long, drawn out, repentance with God. David was like, he said, Forgi-. after doing all this, he said, Lord, forgive me, I've sinned. Well, yeah, you did. Some people think they have to draw it out for three days. He committed adultery and murder, and he's, I missed it, I blew it. And I'm bringing this out because David was a strong man. He was a strong man after God. And he made mistakes, but he was still a strong man. His heart was after God. His heart was to do what God would have him to do. And guys, as a father, your heart, you going after God and honoring Him, although we're not saying a bad confession over you, because I guarantee you none of us will do it perfect. And if you had children that grow, you didn't do it perfect, but God will honor you if you'll look to him as you're walking through it. And as you're going, if you'll go after it and say, I'm not going to do this perfect. I don't know. You know, you, but God, you know where I'm at. You know what I have, but what I have, I give to you, Lord, you know where I'm at. I may not be what everybody would think is super spiritual and I wouldn't get caught up in what people think anyway because our ideas of what's spiritual and not is, are oftentimes skewed. But Lord, what I have, I give to you. Lord, I'm going to do what I need to do. And if I miss it, I'll get back up and I'll go on. I'll repent and go after you. That is a strong father, a strong man. Now, do you want to make a bunch of mistakes? Is it just saying, oh, it doesn't matter? No, it matters. What matters more is your heart and your willingness to get up and go and to follow after God. Because if you let a mistake get you off, the price is too high. To get up and to go on and to keep going after God, that takes courage. That takes strength. That takes humility. That takes a willingness to submit to God, and that is an example to your your household, to your wife, to your children. That you know, if they think they have to be perfect all the time, what what's the use? If Dad thinks he has to be perfect and can't serve God because he's going to be he has to be perfect, what example does that set for the kids? Well, I guess serving God is too hard. Forget it. I might as well be ahead of the game. I'm not going to do that at all. I'm going this way. If the dad says it's just too hard, I'm not going to even give it a, 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 an effort. What example does that set? The kids are going to be like, "Forget this, I'm going this direction. Part A. But if the, if the father says, I, I, "I'm submitting to God, I'm doing what I know. I'm humbling myself before God. I'm going to do the best of my ability, what I need to do if I miss it. He gets up, he repents, he says, "I'm sorry." says sorry to his children, yeah, I was too harsh. I'm sorry, will you forgive me? That is an example of a godly man. You getting up and doing that is saying, that sets the example for the children. Well, my dad isn't perfect, but he loves God, and I love him, I know he's not perfect, but when he messes up, he, he, he asks for forgiveness, and he's okay, and it makes you, them want to follow you and ultimately follow God. Because it's not about them following you. Well, All we are is stewards for a little bit of time before we unhitch. And now, we've hopefully we've trained them to look to Him. And God will take what you give Him and He will multiply it. And He will be faithful to you. And like we read in that first verse, you're like that warrior that's taking and shooting the arrow. And God will help you. What does it say specifically? I want to quote it. Happy is the man who has a a quiver full of him. They shall not be ashamed. If you follow God, you will not be ashamed. Your children will not be ashamed. God's hand will be on you, and there will always be a drawing factor back with your children. They will know the example you set. They know you weren't perfect, but you followed God, and that will be a drawing back to God when all these other forces in the earth tries to pull them away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is faithful to you and to you, to help you where you're at and to help you and to help you in 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 stepping out and being strong and to, to gird you up in strength when you need it. Amen.